Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Today is part of our health series. We're going to talk about endometriosis. Like, what do you know about this? My guess is unless you have it or a loved one does, you do not know enough about endometriosis. It's a chronic condition. It is painful, potentially impacts 1 million people in Canada. So why isn't it better known? Why isn't it talked about more? Well, joining us now is Dr. Catherine Allaire, Medical Director of the BC Women's Centre for Pelvic Pain and Endometriosis and Head of UBC's Division of Gynecologic Specialties. Dr. Allaire, thank you so much for being here. No, thank you for having me. Why don't we talk more about endometriosis? Well, first, the word is really horrible to say. Uh, but no, the, re- the reason that uh, endometriosis is really not fallen into the darkness is a number of factors. Basically, the symptoms that you've described for many, many uh, years, centuries, have been uh, taboo to speak about. So pain, pelvis, menstruation, uh, infertility, these are all subjects below the belt that are difficult to discuss. Uh, secondly, there's been uh, this widespread you know, normalization of women's pain that's been going on for, again, a long time that we're trying to change as well. So uh, when people speak up and say they have pain, they've been dismissed, they've been told it's just a normal women's problem or no, it's just a normal period, it'll get better, and they don't really get their problems dealt with or diagnosed. And so uh, there's also a lack of awareness and education in our primary care providers about this condition, which these are all modifiable things that we're trying to work on improving for the awareness of endometriosis. And I know that one of the problems, Dr. Lair, as well, is, is if someone goes to the doctor and talks about their symptoms, is, is that where the disconnect kind of begins? Is it describing the pain? Is it the doctor saying, oh, okay, I, I, this could be endometriosis? Well, I think we've worked hard on increasing awareness in the, in the last you know, dozen years. And so now I think more, our primary care providers may think about endometriosis. Uh, part of the reason is that there's no uh, non-invasive diagnosis for the majority of, of patients that have endometriosis. So some, if you do imaging such as ultrasound or MRI, you might see something, but the, the, that's the minority of cases. And the majority, there's really no blood test or imaging that will say definitively. So we've kind of pushed to uh, have an awareness and really start with the clinical diagnosis or a suspicion of endometriosis based on symptoms so that patients can be treated sooner and get relief of their symptoms. Is, is, are things improving in this area, like even us talking about it today? I think that, you know, the media awareness has been there more recently. There's lots of high-profile uh, uh, actors that have come out and said that they have it. So every time that happens, there's a flurry of interest. And uh, certainly social media has been very helpful. Uh, those taboos seem to be less present in social media. Many influencers will talk about menstruation and pain, etc. cetera. Uh, it doesn't mean that they really know what, you know what their followers should do about it, but there's certainly a conversation that's happening, and that's changing things for sure. What about in the uh, treatment side of things? Like, Are we devoting more time and resources to helping with, deal with the pain? 
Well, it's still inadequately low in terms of how much money is being spent on this condition compared to other conditions. Endometriosis is thought to affect about 1 in 10 reproductive age women and and gender diverse people. And so considering how big the amount of people is that have it, uh, the amount of money that's going to it is woefully inadequate in, you know, in Canada, in the U.S., in the world. Uh, we're trying to change that. Uh, there's been so lots of advocacy being done in the last few years to increase awareness, but also to pressure our you know, leaders to put money into the research. And, and I think that we're starting to see the needle move a little bit. We've been invited to talk at the House of Commons on Reproductive Health uh, Committee about endometriosis. And, and certainly uh, there's been some recent funding to awareness initiatives for a couple of groups in Canada. So that's very encouraging. There's other effects of this too, isn't it? It's not just the actual condition and the pain that that causes. Uh, what are some of the kind of spin-off effects of endometriosis? Well, endometriosis, because it can start affecting patients at a you know, young age, like teenage years, can really affect the life course of that patient's uh, journey. Essentially, it can affect their education pathways by making it more difficult for them to complete the schooling they want. It can affect their job uh, choices. It can affect their relationships because, you know, sexual pain and chronic pain are often uh, associated with endometriosis. It can also impact their ability to get pregnant, have children. So it really impacts all of society, not just the patients that are suffering with endometriosis, but they're everybody around them. And as a society as a whole, we get impacted by the lack, the decreased productivity potentially of these of these, of these patients, as well as um, the decreased um, quality of life that they have. What do we know about why it, it does manifest? Like, how do people get it? That's, well, there's a lot of research that's now being done on that. And then we've had a number of theories. The, the dominant theory at the moment is still the uh, ectopus, the presence of cells that are usually lining the uterus that wind up, <clears throat> that wind up in uh, areas outside of the uterus. Um, we think that the initiating factor is a common phenomenon, which is what's called retrograde menstruation, where the cells that, you know, that normally come out through the vagina go backwards and into the abnormal cavity. These normally get cleared by most people, but in some people, they may be allowed to grow and implant. And there's a number of immune factors and inflammatory factors that are likely related to that, as well as genetic factors. So that's where the work is being done. There's other, other theories as well that, that come up occasionally, and, and but for now, the dominant one is this one, yeah. Okay, so the work at the clinic that sounds like it's being done is quite revolutionary. We have a very active research program, also a clinical program uh, that's been around for 13 years. So we're very privileged to have you know great support for that program, the clinical program, includes uh, interdisciplinary care for chronic pain. So we have allied health with us, psychologists and, and uh, physiotherapists that work with the gynecologist to help with the pain and the quality of life aspects of the, of the condition. But we also have a very, um, very uh, thorough and um, fulsome research program. And we have to thank our patients for that because all the patients that get uh, referred to us are invited to be part of our research and the majority do agree to be part of our, our research. And so that's helped us to develop a huge database of endometriosis patients and lead to some, you know, discovery both in the genetics of endometriosis, but also in what the best treatments could be, what's the best way to help uh, endometriosis patients. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time on that this morning.
My pleasure. Happy to be here. That's Dr. Catherine Allaire, Medical Director of the BC Women's Centre for Pelvic Pain and Endometriosis and Head of UBC's Division of Gynecologic Specialties.